Hello and welcome back, promoters, to Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast. I'm your co-host, Sam Fain, joined by the tournament master, and he's going to earn that moniker tonight, Todd Jorschel. Todd, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, good to see you, Sam. Uh, hot off uh, another successful uh, Phil Singer Games virtual con on Sunday. The Road to Galacticon has officially commenced. Um, yeah, it was a great yep. time. Uh, loved getting the chance to chat with the Legends team and Mike and Tom and Zeke and Ty. And of course, our special guest, Joe Malenko, Jody Simon, um, was just a great time. A different kind of interview for me in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. he, he, but it was a lot of fun. And I appreciated uh, his his candor and his directness and his sense of humor a great deal. Uh, some really cool stories. Loved hearing him talk about Carl Gotch. That was a fantastic yeah, portion of the interview and you're going to get to hear all of that later we will include the complete uh joe malenko uh interview later on in the episode we got a few things to get to before that one thing i am going to say real quick just to dispel anything because i know i know it's fun to do i know it's fun to speculate sometimes but i also don't want to mislead people or get anybody's hopes up or anything someone had commented that because of the amount of time we had spent talking about Carl Gotch that they were expecting to see a Carl Gotch card down the road. That is not in the plans. So uh, again, I don't want to break any hearts, but at the same time, I also don't want to, you know, get people's hopes up falsely because you'll hear uh, us talk about Carl uh, quite a bit in that interview. That is not the reason why sometimes, sometimes a pencil is just a pencil, right? You know, or Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> um, not to say that we don't want Carl Gotch in the game. Of I think course. we do. I hope we will get him at one point. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It would be super cool. Super cool. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, so, all that said, uh, we do have some news and notes from the con that we wanted to dive into. And then uh, we also have a couple little other bits and baubles that we want to get to. So, let's start off with our COTG related news. Uh, we had a con exclusive card to go along with the Future Shock 21. 18 set, uh, which is super exciting because it is an arena card. It is the Centra Palladium. Really looking forward to seeing that card. Have no idea what to expect from it. Um, the artwork <laughs> looked cool though, and uh, it was great to be able to reveal that after chatting with Mike about Future Shock. Uh, it was a cool conversation. I was glad we got to hear a little bit more about Peerage um, and a few of the other storylines that we hadn't necessarily gone in depth on. Um, he's certainly looking for Forward to sudden death results from promoters so yeah. make sure you send those on in uh todd thoughts on the central palladium card and uh the future shock portion of the cotg conversation yeah so very excited about the central palladium uh, i know uh the arena cards have definitely been in the, you know, the talk there and and you know grant uh Pichoco, uh from the solo promoter youtube channel has uh you know put put out the uh Aetherin Wardome. I think he did another card for um, uh, for the Memphis uh, Coliseum. Mid South Coliseum, yeah. There, yeah, yeah. Mid South Coliseum, and uh, yeah, just like kind of like set that set that up, you know. And, and I think we really liked it, you know. Something I think that 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 we're really interested in and wanted to, you know, thought it'd be a good uh, good chance to get one out there. I know uh, my, you know, we kind of talked to Grant uh, you know, to get some, yeah, you know, a little bit of ideas of what he was kind of thinking, you know, what, what kind of goes into some of the good arena cards and 
you know, he uh, had some suggestions there. And, uh, you know, I think Mike uh, he was trying to say, you know, what, what really kind of, you know, what are we trying to get out of, you know, Centra? And I think really uh, the, the idea with this is, you know, some decisive matches, I think was one and, you know, one, one thing, you know, that, that he really wanted to get, you know, that, that that's kind of what the CWF is is known for. And yeah, I think there's some other things that are thrown in, you know, some other special things with that. And maybe like, yeah, maybe a little chart that you can roll on for, for certain situations and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll wait for everybody to get their card uh, to, to learn more about that. But I thought it was pretty neat. And uh, I would say that most likely this is not the last arena card you'll see uh, <laughs> coming up. Now I'll, I'll just leave it at that. So yeah, you know, it's super cool. What began, I, I think, and and I know that things like this have been attempted before in the past. We've certainly seen uh, arena statistics. We've seen, um, you know, certain uh, show models and things that have been set up that help to determine the number of fans in attendance, the amount of money for concessions taken in that night, all sorts of stuff sure. over the years. There's been a lot of stuff like that. Um, but to see a, sort of a streamlined card version of an arena that conversation really started you know what like about a year ago on the boards and Mm -hmm. from that conversation on the boards between promoters it blossomed into uh this attempt for promoters to to produce some of those cards and i think we saw uh, a couple of efforts uh uh, like that uh, on the boards and of course grant did um his cards which he released uh was october i think last october i want to say um is that long ago Oh, yeah. Okay. I think it was because it was around the time that we did the 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 con in in or the gathering, whatever you want to call it in uh, in Iowa, um, which mm. was super cool. You know, those cards were just awesome. I I, I love them, and uh, I've used the Mid South Coliseum one. I haven't used the Aether Moor Dome one yet, just because I haven't honestly I haven't played much COTG uh, recently. But I'm looking forward to it. And I'm certainly looking forward to the Palladium. Um, and, you know, on a quick note, promoters, uh, I should have mentioned this at the top of the show, but we're fast and loose here. Mike, obviously, is not joining us tonight, but we just wanted to give him a shout out because I know it's been a bit of a crazy uh, time for him. So uh, certainly thinking about him and looking forward to him joining us back again soon. Um, <clears throat> but Future Shock, obviously, is in great shape and promoters seem to be very excited about it. And I think that this card is certainly another way to do that. And it's very exciting to hear that it's not the last arena card uh, that we're going to see as last sort of a official arena card that we'll see um right. we'll get some more down the road uh speaking of down the road of course we had tom phil singer in attendance to talk about origins 2139 and we got the reveal of the artwork for an updated kenji card um yeah very cool really really like that and and looking forward to seeing what his storyline is like you know tom certainly hinted at the fact that it'll be very important certainly be the biggest storyline that he's ever sort of taken part in um you, you know or at least or at least it'll be big for him it'll be momentous for kenji um as it yeah. as it relates to the rest of uh of you know the gwf we'll see how it fits in uh, but he certainly also said that the cards themselves would probably be more to fill out slash update the mid card. There aren't going to be necessarily as many sort of main event talents here that he's focusing more on developing that aspect uh, within the confines of the cards. Um, and uh, there's going to be some big stories. He, he thinks uh, he said that this would be the biggest year for the Aetherans ever, uh, which is mm-hmm. a, a staggering thing to say, considering their importance <laughs> of the fabric of the GWF over the past 35 years. Um, 
37 years, but uh, it, it, it's uh, shaping up to be a very exciting set. And of course, there will be, in addition to the 10 cards in the set, all three prime cards for COTG Prime will be related to 2139 as well. And we're yep. going to get a very special edition card that will be unlike anything that he has ever done before. Uh, so that will be exciting very different, as yeah. well. Um he didn't drop too many hints about exactly what that card would be. Maybe, maybe a couple. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was great, to, great to hear from. At first, Tom. he didn't say it was a card, and then I think he let something slip, and then people picked up. You know, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Because he he did. He said it would be a special item, and but then he said the fourteen cards thing, and you know when people started picking up on that, I you know I, I asked him the question. <laughs> And he confirmed it for us. Yeah, and, um, and then Bounty Hunter will unmask. Yes, yes. That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thanks for that one. I think <laughs> that was that was Pete that said that. Um, but yeah, it was a great time talking to Tom and, and hearing from him and just seeing his enthusiasm and excitement for twenty one thirty nine. Uh, you know, the GWF and and uh, I mean, it's the flagship, right? That's the show. That's that's the what brings us all here in the first place. Um, you know, and if you've come to the game through Legends or through the Indies game line. Uh, um, you know, that, that wouldn't exist without Champions of the Galaxy and the GWF. So it's always exciting to be able to get updates about that. And, you know, we, we get we only get something once a year. Um, but it sounds like this is going to be a pretty massive handbook. He said he was at 28,000 yeah. words already. Um he did mention, and I know some promoters were ever so slightly confused about this. We, we tried to clear it up. Uh, Tom himself tried to clear it up, but there was still a little confusion, I think. He misspoke and said that the Prime cards would be released in January. Uh, obviously, he meant July, um, that the the, you know, the Prime cards that will go with 2139. Uh, unless he's holding out on us and plans on releasing some more Prime cards in January, which is possible. You never know with him. Um, it's so. possible. I don't, I don't think so. I think I know it's planned for... Uh, for the last two releases of the year. So <laughs> I think I have an idea as well. And uh, it's going to be exciting, but um, yeah, I, I, again, uh, super excited about 2139. It sounds like there's going to be some interesting stuff. Uh, transitionally as, as diva wrestles with no pun intended, what it means to be the commissioner of the GWF of a wrestling company of what it means to have the, you know, the new vibe stable or, you know, is it a stable, you know, and, and kind of defining her, role going forward um which it will be interesting and i think will add to some some nice character development for her uh we certainly got a nice strong introduction to her character in 2138 but it'll be interesting to see kind of how that character evolves because it seems like that's something that tom's going to put a little focus on as well uh so yeah i i like i said i really enjoyed it todd what were your thoughts on the gwf portion of cotg uh no i'm very excited i mean i i you know uh i think Trying to think of there's you know, there's a couple of little nuggets that I maybe uh, didn't know picked up and there's a couple of maybe other things I do know here or there you know but I'm sworn to secrecy uh, on, on all of it so you know you'll just have to wait till July to to, to get all the details then. Look, all I'll say is, is other than Tom, there's a pretty good bet that you know more than anybody. So <laughs> um, I, I don't doubt I don't doubt that you hold the secrets uh, that all of us only wish we had. But I don't know much. I don't know most of it. No, like you won't tell me most of it. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm, in the next couple weeks, I'll I'll know a lot more. So, uh, but yeah, definitely looking forward to it. And yeah, he does seem really very excited about it. I think there's you know, some very you know interesting storylines that I think are going to really throw people for a loop uh that are going to come up and 
you know, um, and, and, and just so, yeah, and the, you know, the whole origins thing, you know, kind of going back to some of the, the early days and the early, you know, either characters or, um, you know, teams and stuff like that, you know, there, there's going to be some, um, there's going to be some things that they, you're like, Oh my God, I never thought we'd be revisiting this, which is great. You know, that's so, fantastic. Yeah. That's Lots exciting to, to hear. To. Yeah. And, and I, I will say I, considering the dialogue that's taken place over the past few years, plus really about, uh, you know, things like power creep or maybe having too many people at the top of the card and that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. It's really cool to hear that he's going to focus a bit more on that mid card strengthening that mid card. Yeah. Um, I think that that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and just, again, it adds more depth and, and, and diversity to the rosters, which will be really, really cool. So, um, yeah, 2139. I Road to Galacticon, man. Here we come. It's going to be a lot of fun. Here so, we come. It's um, coming. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Um, we also, of course, had the chance to talk to Zeke uh, about indie stuff. And Ty as well. Obviously, Ty didn't have a, a hand in the creation of the Best of the Indies 2023. But, uh, of course, we're you know already... He, he did help with some of the bios, though. Uh, well, there you go. He helped a little bit on that end there. And we'll definitely hear a lot more from Ty in the second half of the year. Uh, you know, even, for sure. You know, you'll learn more in the summer, but you'll you'll see just that much then at that Galactic Con. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was exciting to kind of run down some of the names and some of the circumstances under which uh, you know Z could maybe sign some of these folks or the decision behind you know putting them in this set as opposed to maybe not putting them in an earlier set and whatnot, uh, or just some of the little stats and things that he did uh, with the cards. Um, again, I think that the set is really cool. I think it adds a lot of great like sort of utility players to your toolbox as well as a couple of potential main eventers um which is always fun and i think that that's kind of the the whole purpose of the best of the indies set right like whether it's the singles or the tag team set you really just want to be able to help kind of fill out that roster and do some new talent and then maybe get some you know get some guys in there that can go in and and, and really make a run at your your main event level uh folks in, on the indie side of things um so trying to, uh, trying to trying to get a bunch of different parts of the indies represented too not yes. just you know one area that was the whole thing we used to do like the single set you know we get that you know just a flavor of one thing but now we're trying to represent the whole of uh indie wrestling right now and that's a great that's a pretty point. good job of that I, well, and I think that the Best of the Indies 2023 might be one of the most successful sets that we have had so far um, with that respect. I, I think that, honestly, the uh, Best of the Women International set that, that, that we did um, – came really close to replicating that, although it was a little bit more international in scope. There were still some folks kind of based in the States and that sort of thing. But uh, it's certainly, in my opinion, the closest kind of analog to to this particular set because you get you get some international talent in there. You know, you get some British talent, you get some Mexican talent, you get West Coast talent, East Coast talent, some Midwest talent, uh, some some Southern talent. Like it was it really was a wonderful mix of talent throughout the country that you know are wrestling on the Indies today. And you know the extension of that of course was prime. Because Prime gave us the opportunity to even sort of further that theme by having kind of a couple of sort of indie legends, if you will, uh, along with a guy who is saying goodbye to the indies, you know, who's who's graduating on to the next step, if you will. Uh, And so I I think that that's just really cool. And of course, you know, Colby Carino also being, you know, a legacy talent, you know, is uh, is awesome as well. Second generation talent. So um, we were going to save him for for the uh the, the second uh, release of the year but we're like you know we should we need to get him out now before you know, right 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 before he officially debuts uh you know on where the, you start seeing him on I your screens on tuesday gold, nights the multicolored yeah, tuesday nights there we go yeah, yeah. um 
So yeah, I I think that the indies release uh, overall uh, for this quarter uh, again really represented what uh, Phil Singer Games does so well with the indies. And like you know, to your point, there have been times in the past where yes, we've had a Best of the UK set, which was awesome, one of my favorite indie sets ever. You know, with the Best of the Mexico set, of course, all of the like ROH sets or Evolve sets, etc. And and those are great. I mean, they've they've given us some incredible talent, some incredible cards. But to really encapsulate everything that the indies can do and that we can do with the indies in one set i think best of 2023 did that perfectly um of course that's an all for indies we also got a great announcement todd tell the promoters what they've won coming in july <laughs> so we will have our second installment of impact uh pro wrestling uh out of uh, out of iowa uh so yeah last year we had the first set there with uh, james jeffries uh it's kind of like the headliner on that uh, along with the Great crop of talent there. And then uh, yeah, this, this summer we'll have a second uh, series of it. We didn't have any announcements of talent uh, in there, although we were threatened if we don't have a Bryce Jordan card, uh, <laughs> uh, there will be, you know, Barry's gonna pick it. Going on. <laughs> he's going to start picketing there. We don't want that to happen. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I th- no, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, I think pretty much most everybody that would be in the set will probably be in, uh, in Waterloo. Uh, this July as well. So we're, you know, we're working through that right now along with, uh, you know, everything else going on. Yeah, it's great. There's a lot of opportunity with uh, the second IPW set. It gives it gives you the chance to, of course, per, perhaps get some of those names. I, I mean, it's no big secret. I'll just say the names, but get names like Bryce Jordan, you know, get like the Hale Twins or, you know, but also the potential to maybe focus on some of the, you know, legends of IPW, if you will, names that might not necessarily be currently active, but bring those names in, which would be great too. So I think that, you know, that it's nice because we had this really awesome first set, which gave you an indie fed like if you just bought that set you could run an indie fed with it if you bought that and coupled it with a couple of the other indie sets you'd have a deep nice roster that you could kind of rotate talent with it would be great um but now this second set gives you the opportunity to to bolster you know the ipw ranks while also maybe bringing in some names that certainly deserve that recognition and you know deserve the opportunity to 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 have a card and also promoters deserve the opportunity to to utilize even if they're not necessarily currently active um or maybe not active a whole lot. So I just think that there's that there's a, a great chance to put together a set. Do we have a number on that? Is it going to be 8 or 10, 12, 24? It won't be 24. I can tell you that much. Really. Uh, I think it'll either be 8 or 10. I'm not 100% sure. Last year it was supposed to be 10, and then Chad snuck in the 11th card. Uh, but, Make uh, it 10. Yeah, it'll be- Make it 10. <laughs> It very well might be ten again. So yeah, I mean, yeah, and yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of letting uh, Chad and Troy Peterson kind of help out, you know, figuring out the the lineup that they want to have in there. I mean, they're they're the ones that'll have the ultimate decision there. Um, I'm hoping for you know a good mix, yeah, maybe a couple couple IPW legends in with uh, you know a good portion of the the current roster, the up and coming roster. There, that, that's what I'm kind of hoping for, but. We'll see. And, uh, you know, we'll probably do something again similar to what we did last year where we have like a big roster reveal that'll happen uh, closer in uh, towards uh, Galacticon and, and uh, the Hall of Fame weekend. We'll, nice. we'll probably do that again, maybe like a um, either live podcast, something like that. We'll, we'll, we'll do a video um, reveal. I thought I think that worked out pretty well last year. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I had fun with that. Um, 
that sounds great. I'm looking forward to it I, again. I just thought that that was such a cool set and, you know, Chad did a wonderful job and, uh, it, and it also, you know, gave us the opportunity to, to discuss certain things that ended up being included even in the ringside promoter, like the, the hometown, uh, rule, you know, that Corey, uh, has in, and, and I think that it, it, it fits perfectly with IPW guys because, um, you know, you, you obviously want James Jeffries to perform really well, you know, on his home turf, if you will, regardless of, of who's coming in. Um, but you didn't necessarily want those IPW guys to, to be, 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 you know, as strong as, as like an AJ styles card or something like that. Um, so, uh, so it made sense to, to, to be able to, um, utilize something like that. Um, and that that was you know really all for the indies side of things from uh, the road to Galacticon, uh, but of course we also had some legends stuff going on. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the con exclusive card right off the bat. It was an update, a color update for Tell them Nikita Todd. Bresnikov. That's right, Nikita Bresnikov. So one of those original few. I think it was the one, one of the original like eight cards that came out before he had all the bio information and whatnot, you know, it was the old school style champions card before like, yeah, before we put the little picture on the back and all that. Um, yeah. So one of those original ones, we updated it. I think everybody else that had, you know, from that, that first series, but never, never one for Nikita. Uh, so we thought, you know, this is a, a good time to do it. And, uh, you know, luckily we had uh, Nikita on the, the Zoom right. as well to help announce it, which was, which was great. You know, we reached out to him and he's, you know, he was uh, nice enough to come on and, 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 and help announce that super nice guy kind of talked with him before. Uh, don't, don't let the, uh, you know, the evil uh, thing, uh, you know, <laughs> persuade you. or maybe I should keep kayfabe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 He certainly did. He showed up in costume. Uh, he in did. Full he regalia. Did. Yeah, no, I thought that that was really cool. That was kind of a cool little Easter egg uh, in a way to have him there to help announce the card. Uh, And of course, the card looks great. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it was it it was just a a great opportunity to finally do that. I think there were a lot of promoters that, you know, had had been wanting that. And um, yeah, I mean, it was it was it was cool. So uh, I'm looking forward to. And it was cool to kind of hear the the history of the photo there, and you know, kind of him uh, reminiscing back about you know meeting with Tom back at the the, the different comic cons and whatnot, and uh, right. Yeah, hopefully we'll run to him again at uh, CAC soon, and uh, yeah, definitely the the you talked a little bit about, about his book as well, which definitely sounds really interesting. So yeah, when it was real, which he wrote with Scott Teal, which you can find over at Crowbar Press. Uh, of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are aware of Crowbar Press uh, already. They have released uh, a number of fantastic books on wrestling history. I own quite a few myself. Uh, And you can get the book digitally or uh, you can get a... um uh, uh, paperback version. Uh, I was going to say hard copy, but I didn't want to mislead people into thinking it was a hard cover uh, via Crowbar Press, which is cool. So, um, eh, yeah, the book, uh, I, I actually do own, I think that's one of the ones that I own digitally. I don't own physically, but um, I've not finished it. Uh, but it is such a fun book because, as he mentioned, he takes a look at things from the fan perspective. He takes a look at things from the the perspective of growing up and seeing, you know, these wrestlers and watching these stories unfold. Um, and then of course, later on down the road, he would meet and, you know, actually work with a number of these wrestlers, uh, you know, certainly kind of in the, in the waning days of their career, perhaps, but nonetheless, um, 
So yeah, just I, I it was it was really cool. Like I said, it was a really cool uh, run in uh, from Nikita, yeah. and yeah. Uh, it was cool to hear from him. And I'm really looking forward to getting that card. I think that card will be a lot of fun, and there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with it. Obviously, with the 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 Russian talent that we already have in the Legends game, um, and uh, of course we also got the uh, sort of official. I mean, we we already knew uh, that TNT uh, set four was coming, um, but we we certainly made things very official by also showing off the artwork for the first announced card which is none other than boris malenko uh art looked great uh you know joe was there to see it uh he thought it looked great i think he's very excited about being able to kind of honor his dad in this way uh which is fantastic um it's gonna be it's gonna be a great set uh i i i know a few of the names uh, I mean, I know most of the names, but, but it's going to be a great set. And, and I'm really, <laughs> really, really looking forward, um, to, to seeing what promoters think just because, um, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Just like, I mean, just like the others, obviously the others have, have all been great and have, have, have had, uh, some big names. And I think that this one will be, um, be no different. So, so yeah, TNT set four is going to be cool and, uh, something to look forward to in Waterloo at the Tregosynthes hall of fame, um, weekend. And of course, Galacticon weekend, uh, it's going to be a great culmination of a number of things for the, the release of this set, obviously, and also getting to, um, be around the incredible breadth of talent that is there, the community, the fellowship, uh, and, uh, all the trappings of Galacticon as well, including the opportunity to have the finals for the Galacticop in the ring at the That's TV, right. which will be awesome. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't think we need to say anything more about TNT, but we also, of course, announced the prime card, one of the prime cards for, uh, I mislabeled it initially as the, the con exclusive in my excitement. Uh, but the prime card, uh, for the next wave, the first name was none other than Joe Malenko. Uh, good looking card. Uh, he, he poked some fun about how how ripped he looked, uh, that he must have been on gas uh, at that particular point in time. Uh, it's 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 Warner's style, you know. He, he beefs yeah, everybody yeah. up just a tad. Defines he doesn't beef them up. He just defines them a little better. Defines them, um, yeah, yeah, just, you know. Enhancement, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, I, I I think he's excited to have that card as well, and I'm excited to get a look at it. It'll be really really cool, especially you know knowing his background. Knowing his background in, uh, you know, really that that mat based uh, shoot style kind of wrestling and some of the names that he worked with and uh, all of his stints over in Japan, it'll be really cool to see how that card shapes up. Um, now, before we get to the interview with Joe, though, we do want to pivot to a couple of other things because I think after the interview, we'll just say some quick goodbyes. We won't linger too long. Uh, so let's uh, go right over to the tournament master to get a World Cup update from your brackets. Yeah. I'm looking for. I don't so, know. This is you're going to get my real, honest to goodness reaction in the moment. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, yeah, we'll say you know the 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 um, uh, Road to Black Caram is not the only convention that uh, Mike and I took part in this past weekend, uh, but uh, we also went to the uh, '80s Wrestling Con in Morristown, New Jersey, about five minutes away from where I used to live, but. Took me an hour and a half now, uh, but that's okay. Uh, but, it, um, but it was good, and we uh, met uh, met our friend Milton uh, from uh, that. That's been at the last two Galacticons. He uh, joined us up there, um, 
and uh, no, it was a good time. Uh, you know, we yeah, sold a couple games. Definitely, uh, you know, met some legends there. There's maybe a signing of so you know somebody there. I, I can't I can't share any of that right now. Uh, but uh, you'll you'll find out you'll find out eventually about that. Uh, you know, got to see some other cool things. I did actually. Uh, one other thing, I don't know if I mentioned to you, Sam. There, um, the uh, uh, the the major wrestling figure podcast. They have. Um, their major bendies that are out now, like the nice. kind of like old school WWF and uh, WWF bendies, I guess from back in the day. They're also doing a new line of uh, LJN style figures called Big Rubber Guys, <laughs> uh, which I thought was a great brand name for that. Yeah. But I did get to see the pro. I got to hold the prototype figure for that for Matt Cardona, the, uh, the guy who helps out with their merch, was there and. Nice. Uh, Hey, I got to check that out. That was that was pretty neat. I'm very much looking forward to to, to that. Uh, there's also a stand up there for the uh, last match musical. had had a booth up there as well. I don't know if you've heard much about that. That was the uh, it's like a wrestling um, uh, musical uh, that uh, Matt Matt Cardona was actually in that as well because he's everywhere wow. these days. You know, of course, he's, right. I don't think he sings very much, but you know, he is a good part of there. So they, you know, I got to talk to them. And they're they're working on. Uh, getting funding for doing a tour, but everything I heard about this was like it is a great mix of you know some wrestling with an actual musical, and I think like wrestling fans and musical fans both are like, wow, this is really good. So I'm hoping they get their funding and get to go on tour because uh, I'd, love, I'd yeah. love to go check it out. That that just actually you know a quick pivot that just made me think I got uh, an EPA which is uh, uh, Actors Equity they send out um, calls for auditions and stuff like that and uh, I got uh, an announcement for an EPA um, for a show at the Goodman Theater here in Chicago which is it, it's a big deal you know, just just to look it up but um, they are doing a show uh, about lucha wrestling uh, and oh, wow. reading the reading the call list uh, and what they're looking for talent wise I was just sort of like this is amazing like they're looking for people to you know to be announcers basically uh, you know people with a strong like uh, tumbling or or wrestling background um, uh, so oh, wow. the, the show is, it sounds like it's gonna be pretty pretty intense it, it, I, I can't um, from from the EPA I wasn't 100% sure obviously Spanish language is required for some of the performers but not all of them so I don't know if the show is going to be you know the majority of it in Spanish with some English or if it's mostly in English with a little bit of Spanish or what the what the case is going to be uh for the show itself but I will certainly uh, I will not be auditioning for it but uh <laughs> I'll certainly be interested in seeing it uh when it when it opens which uh, I would imagine will be you know sometime in the fall um but you it made me think of that when you when you mentioned that um about last match I'll have to check oh, that yeah. out because I haven't I actually haven't uh, heard too much about that yeah, I think they did some test runs in uh, Northern Jersey and stuff. So, you know, I definitely happen to hear about that. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see. But no, it was, it was a good time there. Uh, the line for Bret Hart, I think, was about 100 some odd people deep, like for hours on end. Like it was it was insane. Uh, I will say Bret Hart is not signed for the game. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> that, was not, that was just not going to happen. Uh, at least at least that not that day. Uh, not that but day. um not that time, but uh, let me, yeah, let, me, let me have a crack in uh, Jerry again. You know, I, uh, we'll see. You, see yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but, but Jerry was there. He was holding court everywhere. He was a man about town. He was a hard guy to find. He was all over the place. But uh, uh, but, but it was good. Uh, good, good time uh, had there for sure. But while I was there, I did roll out two brackets of the uh, ongoing Legends tournament that I have. So I figured I would give an update on that. 
so the one bracket I ran was uh, the European bracket, and that is uh, was Johnny Saint, uh, Eric the Red, Ilya DePaulo, and Fit Finley. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, interesting, uh, interesting bracket there. Uh, so that started out with Johnny Saint and Eric the Red, and uh, our, our friend from Denmark uh, was able to get the win on Johnny Saint. Uh, Ilya DePaulo took on Fit Finley, and Ilya won with the airplane spin. Makes sense. Uh, then Eric the Red took on Fit Finley, and Fit was able to get the win with the Tombstone pile driver. Wow, all right. Yeah, so uh, each one of them picked up a win. Ilya DePaulo took on Johnny Saint. Uh, Ilya won yet again with the airplane spin. So Ilya was up to two wins and no losses. Johnny Saint dropped to 0-2 there. And Johnny Saint took on Fit Finley, and this was an interesting match. Uh, Fit was putting a beating on on poor Johnny Saint and just racked up a whole bunch of tokens on him. And then uh, Fit did one, one other level three move, got the Johnny Saint uh, potential reversal. Johnny Saint got the Johnny Saint special, rolled yes. him up, did the, the turtle, rolled him up, and got the pin on his snake eyes. Nice. <laughs> So That's was, awesome. So, uh, Johnny Saint did get one win over Fit Finley. Fit was not very happy about that. In style, um, too. Yep, yep. And then uh, in the final one, Ilya DiPaolo, uh swept the bracket with the airplane spin on Eric the Red, winning all those matches with the airplane spin. So Ilya DiPaolo does win the bracket, and Fit Finley was able to get the tiebreaker in order to uh, get second place in the bracket. So he will move on. As well, well despite right. that, uh, despite that loss, lost, uh, yeah. Well, Tim Dalton uh, will be so happy. The other bracket, about on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the other bracket I decided to run is the uh, the Monster Gaijin br- uh, bracket. Or, oh uh, boy! Yeah, well, maybe not monster, but at least you know, tough guy Gaijin bracket. Uh, so we had uh, Stan Hansen, Abdul the Butcher, Bruiser Brody, and Bad News Allen. Wow. But, Bunch of guys you do not want to mess with right there. Um, so Stan Hansen took on Abdullah the Butcher, uh, and you know he, he put a bunch of a bunch of tokens on Abdullah. Abdullah cooked out of two lariats. Wow! And eventually, two lariats he was able to kick out. I was shocked, uh, but eventually Stan like beat him up enough mm-hmm. outside the ring he couldn't get back up and got counted out. So, wow. Uh, Abdullah, you know, lost but did not get pinned there. I guess he, he did. Abby, uh, did Abby bleed? He had four tokens, so I was oh, doing yeah. five for bleeding. Oh, it was, it was come on! We'll, we'll say he bled. <laughs> yeah, he's he's right. It's Abby. It's Abby. Yeah. So uh, and then let's see. We had the Bruiser Brody against Bad News Allen. Bruiser Brody with the pin there, uh, with the jumping knee drop. Uh, Stan Hansen then took on Bad News Allen and uh, was able to hit the lariat and this time get the pin. Um, then Bruiser Brody took on Abdullah the Butcher. Bruiser Brody won with the jumping knee drop again. Nice. Uh, so at that point, you had Stan Hansen and Bruiser Brody both with two wins. Both were already going to move on, so we, but we had to play out the rest of the bracket just to see how it worked. Uh, Abdullah the Butcher took on Bad News Allen at that point. And uh, bad news was able to get the win. Oh, on, good. Uh, Abdullah. Yeah. He wanted to, to at least get win. one win. He with a death jump. He didn't ever hit the ghetto blaster, but he, he did get one win out of it. And in the end, we had Bruiser Brody against Stan Hansen uh, for bragging rights. And this one took quite a while. 
Uh, but Bruiser kind of put a bunch of tokens on Stan and eventually was able to get the win with the pile driver. So Bruiser yeah. Brody wins the bracket. Stan Hansen also moving on to the knockout rounds. Very so cool. That's a cool ass bracket, man. That's a, I, I did yeah. that bracket big time. Uh, awesome. Yeah, that was one I think I originally I originally had I think uh, Terry Gordy in that bracket, but then I mm. pulled Gordy and Doctor Death out of their respective brackets to put them in a tag uh, tournament that I'm going to be doing kind of yeah. along with it. Uh, and then I was kind of going through, I'm like, you know, who else going to put in there? And I'm like, Oh, let's put bad news in there. Yeah. Got to start over in uh, new Japan. So I figured he, he fit right in with all, with all the rest of that crew there. So when you said monster guys, Jen, I almost thought that we'd be seeing Vader in that bracket where, uh, what bracket is Vader in? So the bracket that Vader is in uh, is 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 the true monster bracket. That is, uh, uh, he's along with Big John Stud, King Kong Bundy, and Andre the Giant. Ooh, man! They're gonna reinforce the ring for that. that Yeah, right for sure. Yeah, I think it's you know that one's definitely a little stacked bracket on that one. What? That's okay. That's all right. It's it's, you know. I mean, I don't know if we can beat Andre, but I think he can take the other two. I think I, I I think he can. I yeah. think I think, I think uh, he can take Andre too. 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 It's just a question of, you know, of, how um, the dice go that day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I think that'll be one of the last brackets I do. Um, and I know I'm also debuting. Um, uh, um, what's his name? Um, Nord the Barbarian in oh, nice. uh, the Minnesota bracket. He'll be in the Minnesota uh, base bracket uh, with the. Uh, uh, I know Rick Root is in that, and I believe I put Bachwinkle in there, and I can't remember who the last guy is. Might have been Thez, actually, because I think he got a startup in Minnesota. But uh, I have to see. I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't have my. I don't have all my stuff with me. I'm on the road, so. But right. uh, maybe I'll do that one. Maybe I'll do the Minnesota bracket next week, so I can give the update. Oh no, I'd say it's Kurt Henning. I think it was was the other name. I think I had that. Makes sense. So. Makes sense. Yeah. Nice. Um, well, I'm certainly looking forward to more results. Uh, and again, you know, you kind of kicked off the road to Galacticon, honestly, with your World Cup, because uh, <laughs> if you if you don't already know promoters, the plan is to finish the World Cup at Galacticon, um, which I yes. think will be uh, a lot final, of fun. Final so. four will be there. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Probably on, the, cool. probably on the Friday of Galacticon. So, yeah, we announced a little bit of stuff. I'm still working on the page. So I've been uh, having to travel uh, deal with some family stuff this week so i didn't get all everything finished on the page but it'll be up as soon as i can uh but the the plan is uh you know we're gonna have the open the you know thursday night there is a some opening stuff on thursday night for those who do get in early um you know opening reception at the tnt hall of fame for those with the all access pass uh with the trivia night uh will be happening thursday which is open for everybody uh, and then Friday morning, we will be having some different some tournaments that'll be at our, our Galacticon spot uh, throughout you know Friday morning into early afternoon. Uh, and then on Saturday for Galacticon, uh, we will also have some tournaments in the morning. Um, I think the Canada Cup will be kind of the first thing in the morning there. And then uh, we will do uh, our panel and our auction. Uh, and then in the afternoon, we'll have some more tournaments going on along with our virtual tournaments for all of our virtual attendees. So virtual attendees will get to participate in the panels 
in the auction and then they'll have the virtual tournaments afterwards on Saturday. The winners of the two virtual tournaments will take part in the Galacticon cup on Sunday, which will be at the museum. I think we'll have one last chance tournament to make it into Galacticon cup. And then we'll have the, the draw and the Galacticon cup tournament will take part in the wrestling ring in uh, the museum itself, which will be pretty cool. Yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be awesome. Um, Man, I mean, what a cool opportunity. Just in general, you know, we've said it before, but Waterloo is is a heck of a lot of fun. And uh, I think, you know, promoters are going to be very, very pleased with the way um, that things are going to be set up, not only for Galacticon, but obviously for the TNT Hall of Fame and the opportunity to meet the talent and, 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 you know, see some legends and, and hang out and have a good time, um, with other promoters. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty fan friendly from top to bottom. There's a lot of cool people that are there. Um, you know, there's, there'll be some cool merch. There'll be some cool opportunities to, um, see some wrestling, obviously with the impact pro, uh, show. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, I hope to see as many people as possible there. Uh, of course, if you can't join us in person, you can always, uh, join us virtually. There will be a virtual component um, for portions of the con as well, including virtual tournaments and uh, the panels, which um, we'll be able to uh, have for everyone. So uh, you'll be able to kind of hang out with us um, and, and, and don't forget there will be con exclusive cards. So you don't want to miss out on your cards. cards yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then the other thing we did, we did mention as well, for those who do come in person, there will be a bonus item for just those in person. Um, as, as a, as a thank you for making the trip out to, nice. uh, to Iowa. So, Fantastic. Uh, but yeah, but all the other cards there will be available for purchase for those who are in attendance as well as those. So, yeah. So as we record this, which is Tuesday, May 9th, there are 72 days, uh, until, uh, Galacticon slash TNT hall of fame. So you got 72 days. Um, we gotta uh, get to work. Yeah, all right. Wow. All right. <laughs> uh, by the time this drops, it'll probably be 70, 71 days. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's uh, creeping up on us. It'll be here before we know it. Um, it's going to be a great time, though, and I think people are, are really in for a treat, uh, regardless of how you are able to attend. Um, let's see. Let's let's go over to the Lego corner here for a second. Uh, the the Egyptian throne room here from Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark is is coming along. Uh, promoters, I'm sorry you can't see it, but uh, but but Todd can see it. Um, so I've got one of the statues built uh, and two thirds of the wall. But uh, this portion of the wall uh, over here, this third that I haven't done yet, is apparently collapsible. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting that built. There's lots of little. Oops, I just dropped a snake. Um, it had to be snakes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but there's lots of little cool, uh, gimmicks, uh, here in this, in this particular set, um, from, you know, ways to get the snakes, uh, falling through things and, and, and rotating statues and, uh, breakable walls and, and falling mummies and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I was particularly excited. I opened bag three today and, and, and built bag three because bag three had Indy in it. And, uh, it was, it was very cool. We need that to build indie. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I mentioned this, uh, the other day, but I do think, 
I'm going to, I'm going to treat myself, um, because you know, it's been a struggle lately. It really has. Um, and I really appreciate everyone who's, you know, reached out to check in. And, uh, if I, if I haven't responded, uh, you know, just know that I am grateful for that. And, um, you know, if there's other business that, that you're reaching out to me about and, uh, I haven't responded, Eh, you know, I could use a, Hey, how you doing? Or, uh, you know, uh, everything okay over there? Uh, as opposed to just, you know, everything else sometimes. Uh, so that said, I think I'm going to treat myself and I think I'm going to go with that, uh, that Lord of the Rings Rivendell set. It's, it's pricey. Ooh, that's, pricey. that's, that's a big boy right there. But, that's uh, an awesome one. Yeah. That's awesome. 6,000 pieces. I mean, that's nuts. Ooh. That's nuts. Ooh. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. But <clears throat> regardless, I'm enjoying the Indiana Jones stuff uh, quite a bit. Uh, and uh, yeah, after I get through with this one, I think I'll I'll go for that Last Crusade one that I picked up as well, which is fun because it's got his dad in it and uh, it's got, you know, the car chase with the plane and everything. So that should be a lot of fun. Um but yeah, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's been, yeah, it's been kind of a weird time, uh, for me, you know, it's just kind of that roller coaster ride of grief and figuring things out. And there's been some confusion, just big emotions and, um, and it's tough. And, and, and I genuinely hope that, uh, anyone who, you know, has gone through it, uh, or, or maybe going through it right now, just, no, it's important to take care of yourself and and be kind to yourself and be patient. And that's the hardest thing. The hardest thing is being patient. You know, it's uh, it's very very difficult because you, you know, you 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 want it to be over. You you think it's over. You think you're you're strong enough that you've dealt with all this. That you you know that you've you've worked on this and you've worked on that. And there's just no substitute for time. So. Um, so I, I'm I'm sitting in it right now, and 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 it's like I said, it's been it's been a little rough, you know, here the past few days. Um, you know, even the the day of the the day of the con was uh, it was easy enough to kind of do that, but but there were definitely some moments where it was not so easy that day. So. Um, and of course, in the midst of everything else, we're still getting settled into the house. We're still, you, you know, there's, there's all of sorts of other stuff going on, but, um, but you know, I, I, I mentioned theater earlier and, uh, I ended up getting, uh, cast in a show that I'm excited about, although I haven't really been able to like fully connect with that excitement. So it's like, ah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird thing, but it's nice to be, you know, it's nice to be working. It's nice to kind of continue that journey um you know because i hadn't i hadn't done that in quite a while and and last year did you know did a couple of shows and and now uh another one coming up so it's good it's good to just kind of to, to to keep going and and hey you know we make a little money as well so you can't you know can't complain right um but uh yeah i i think overall there's there's a lot of excitement uh to go along with all this other stuff including the excitement I'm, i i kind of todd can tell you i'm looking over my left shoulder right now but the excitement of the fact that like all of my cards, like my physical cards are like out right now. And, and, and they've been calling to me. I was going to try and actually roll a couple of matches before we got started. But, um, in addition to the cards calling to me, so was my daughter. So <laughs> I didn't get to roll anything <laughs> out, but I'm really looking forward to, I've got my nice play mat that Grant helped me, uh, kind of put together. And, um, you know, I got everything all set up and, and I'm really looking forward to just rolling some matches. And I, you know, I might not even, I might not even do write-ups or a whole lot of bookkeeping, just record results and just have fun with it and, you know, just let the dice fly. You know, let it, let it live in my head. It's up to you, promoter. That's right. That's right. Um, But, uh, but yeah. 
It's uh, just like seeing all the stuff behind you in the back there. All the oh yeah, all the your. <laughs> I know you have more to go, but I you have uh you're all your media back there and yeah. Yeah, you know, it's getting me getting me like okay. I need I need to finally get my office back in order and get all my you know background back to where I want it to be. You know. Well, you know, it's funny because I tried to on the so if you could see things, uh, promoters. Uh, I tried to kind of get like everything represented. So like it, you can't really see it necessarily, but I've got like my Lego TARDIS from Doctor Who like here. I've got the Jack Briscoe and Gordon Soley uh, print uh, that I got from Gennard at, at the Hall of Fame last year. I've got this lovely little thing that my my wife had made for me. It says "You are magic," which I just I just love. It's you know it's it's one of my favorite things. Um, I got this Superman Daily Planet, a thing that kind of goes around and around and around. It's got like Superman, Supergirl, Crypto, and the cat. I can never remember the cat's name. And then of course, like you said, I got all like the movies and, and TV shows. And then uh, the only Detolf that you can see uh, is the one that's got. Ben Cisco in it from Deep Space Nine, um, which excites me to no end because that was that was one that I pre-ordered and it came while we were still living at my in-laws, so I couldn't really do anything with it, you know. And so it was one of the first things that I decided to put up. I was like, oh, I gotta have, I gotta have Cisco up. So because I, 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 I'm a Niner, I love DS Nine. It's my favorite, my favorite Star Trek. Although I will say the last season of Picard was fantastic and uh, uh, just, just really great. Very. Uh, intense, um, but 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 good stuff. Uh, it made it fun to watch television on a weekly basis. Um, there aren't a lot of shows recently that I feel like have made it as fun to watch every week, um, with the exception of Quantum Leap, of course. Uh, but 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 you know, um, so much stuff is is just bingeable, and you know, we, we 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 you know. But but there are there are definitely a few shows out there that uh, make weekly viewing a lot of fun, and and Picard was definitely one of them. Um, Ted Lasso is another one. I love Ted Lasso, but anyway. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of just where, where my head is at or, or not at, um, at times. Uh, but I, I just, uh, appreciate you all and had a lot of fun on Sunday. It was good to see faces. It was good to hang out. And it was, uh, I mean, honestly, it's funny because I've said the exact opposite before about how like the tournaments are fun. I enjoy them. I have fun with them, but they're usually not like the draw for me, the draws is, is usually the conversations that we get to have with the other promoters and the interviews and that sort of stuff. Um, but I, I have to be honest that, that this past Sunday being in that tournament room and playing that tournament bracket was just so much fun. And it was, it felt so necessary. And I feel like in a way it helped to just kind of like cleanse me of all the other crap that was kind of hanging over so that I could go into the con proper and go into, you know, the, the interview with Joe Malenko and, and, and just feel ready for the rest of it. So I had so much fun and I'm so grateful for everybody that was in that particular room, uh, with me. It was, it was a hell of a lot of fun. Luna Vachon won the day. Uh, I had Tina Moretti. It was, it was not, it was not a pretty sight. Uh, <laughs> Luna won your bracket. Uh, you know, Mildred Burke win, did win overall in that bracket, and congrats to the other Todd for that. Um, and the other, the, the bracket that I was uh, in, um, we had Nora Greenwald went out on a run, and that that was pretty interesting. She took out Jacqueline after missing her her top rope thing that could possibly miss on a six. She missed it. We're like, oh, that's gonna be the end. She comes back, beats Jacqueline. Beats fabulous Mula with wow. with the snake eyes, which was the the the, the role of the weekend, and then uh, Candy Divine, and then took out Luna Vachon too. Like she went on a huge run. Eventually ran into Mildred Burke, and then that was it. But yeah, uh, I did you know 
want to mention, uh, congrats to Todd for winning with Mildred Burke. Our future shock winner was uh seaman with evolution. And then, um, uh, David, uh, body in his, uh, rookie, uh, uh, Khan uh, debut there won the Indies tournament with Josh Alexander. Um, but uh, congrats to all those guys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the tournaments were a heck of a lot of fun. And uh, it's again, it's always cool kind of seeing who comes out on top. Uh, I will say we had an awesome match with uh, Luna and Rock and Robin. Uh, and oh, and when, that when that match was over, it, when, when that match was over, I, I literally said, like, this is why we play the game. Like that, it was just <laughs> so much fun, you know. And there were so many tokens on both sides, so many reversals, just everything you could want from a match, you know, it, it, that match had it. So it was, it was really cool. There was a moment where it was like, it was like chain wrestling. It was literally like just reversal after reversal after reversal after reversal after reversal. And then when you thought the reversals were over and we went to like a chart roll, there was a reversal on the chart, you know? So it was just like, it was, just that, like, it was, and it was, it was great. It was a lot of fun. It looked like rock and Robin was going to pull off the upset. And at one point, like I felt I, here I am like, you know, I, I was the, the moderator for my room. And so I'm like rolling the matches out. And as I'm rolling the match out, like I'm trying to stay impartial. Cause I'm kind of doing a little bit of light commentary and everything for the match. And, and at one point, I'm just sort of like, I'm totally behind Rock and Rob. Like, I want Robin to win. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, I want him to be Rock and Robin there at that point. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was it was cool. It was it was a lot of fun, and um, I look forward to the next time next time we get to do that. Um, Todd, before we get to the interview, anything else you want to say? Anything going on in your world? Anything anything game related or non game related? Because it's all uh, fair. Game. There's tons of stuff. There's tons of stuff going on there but i don't know if anything that needs to be talked about here but uh no i think um yeah we'll uh yeah let's i guess let's just get to the interview then all right, we'll do it. So uh, it was a great time. Uh, Joe Malenko, Jody Simon uh, joined us, and uh, we had, uh, like I said, just a, a great conversation, a uh, different kind of conversation than other conversations that we've had with uh, other legends that have joined us for interviews. Um, but it was a lot of fun, very illuminating, and uh, we're going to just get to it right now. So here he is, Joe Malenko. Uh, welcome to the virtual con, the Road to Galacticon, which is our big convention that we have in the summer. Uh, and we are so pleased, Joe Malenko, to have you joining us. Uh, or do you prefer I call you Jody Simon? It's up to you. Whatever you want me to call you, I'll call you. You can just call me Joe. All right. I'll call you Joe. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure to have you here. It's a pleasure kind of being here. <laughs> virtually, virtually for our, for our eyes and ears. Um, I just wanted to say, I you know, I had the chance to to meet you in person uh, last year in Waterloo at the TNT Hall of Fame, and uh, I, I just I, I've told everybody this already, but uh, I, the opportunity to say it to you, um, you were so kind, so friendly, so so warm the entire time, and I just really appreciated uh, the way that you treated everyone, and uh, it, it was it was really just like I said, it was a pleasure to meet you. So uh, it, it's a thrill to be able to finally get the chance to actually ask you some questions and 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 do it for everybody to see. I must have I must have been on my meds those days. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, um, I, I, I would say something about you being able to, you know, take any meds you want, uh, considering your your background That's, in pharmacy. But I, I don't know. That might sound a little too illegal to say, so I won't say it. Um, but uh, no, I, I I I really just appreciated your presence there the whole time, and uh, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to getting a chance to talk a bit about your career um, and uh, just your thoughts on on wrestling and the the business in general um 
of course, you know, coming from a, a wrestling family, uh, did you feel pressured to become a wrestler or was it something you just always wanted to do? No, when, whenever I, whenever I do these things, I mean, I, it always reminds me of the same thing that I pretty much say each and every time I do these things, which is, you know, I had a, I had a dad who was in the business when I was born and, you know, so I was born into the business and it is a strange thing to have your dad as a professional wrestler. Cause especially, especially my dad in the early days, he went, he went by the name of Otto von Krupp. So he was about five ten. He was two sixty five. He had a four lock of hair coming down. He had a Fu Manchu mustache and a goatee, and he was an impressive son of a gun <laughs> and pretty much scared to death of him for a few years of life. But, you know, my dad was a really easygoing guy when he wasn't pissed off. And what he always did was he just kind of made things available to us. He didn't push us. He never said, you know, really want you to get in the business or no, I don't want you to get in the business. And he said, look, if you want to do this, I'll help you. Yeah. So he made, he made things available. He put us in the right place. He put us in touch with the right people. Um, you know, my career really started as a referee. I was, I was a kid. I was refereeing for Graham in the championship wrestling from Florida territory into, you know, Florida territory at the time. And so I was an NWA ref. So I was wrestling. You know, I was refereeing the likes of everybody who was there at the time from Dusty to have a picture of myself refereeing Jerry Briscoe, which is kind of funny because we hated each other back then, but we, we, we kept bromance going on now. So, um, I, it was a long way of saying I wasn't pressured to get into the business and it made itself available to me through my dad, who was always just so, so good about doing that. And, and just, yeah, then then he became proud in what both my brother and I were able to do on our own, especially my brother who you know, went on to accomplish a lot of great things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how did being a referee, especially at a young age, how do you think that that prepared you for when you stepped into the ring as a wrestler? I don't know if it did. I mean, if, if anything, maybe it, it tied me a little bit better to the psychology of the ring. But just short of that, it was just something to do. I wasn't yeah, I wasn't really big enough. I was about a buck sixty-five, a buck seventy at the time. I was wrestling submission-style stuff with Gotch, so you know I wasn't really even looking to be pro. It was just something mm-hmm. that I had been around the business all my life, so it was a natural progression for me to do something, and I did something, which ended up being refereeing, which I also did up in up in the Carolinas as well for the Crockets um, right around that time. A little bit after that, I was I was just a I was just a young kid refereeing, being around the business, and. It was, uh, it was nice. It was fun. Did you were there were there any particularly memorable experiences uh, while you were refereeing? Any any matches that stand out in your in your mind? Um, I had a lot of memorable experiences. I mean, <laughs> being on the road, just being on the road with the guys was memorable enough. I had great moments with you know everybody from you know from Wahoo to Chris Taylor who left the Olympics to turn pro to to Mike Graham who. We, you know, we were combatants early in our young, young years, not really friendly with each other until we got older, you know, God rest his soul. Um, I just, I experienced some pretty neat stuff in my time. You know, Mike, my, my, my Graham story is that, <laughs> so when we didn't get along really well and I was refereeing, he comes up to me, we're in some small town. I'm not sure it was, it wasn't, it wasn't one of the main cities and we're in Florida and so I was referee and he comes up to me and says, Hey, you know, you've, you've got my match. I just wanted to talk to you a little bit. And, and then I said, Hey, I just, before you even get going, I want to let you know that I am so, I'm so psyched 
to uh, referee your match. You know, it's a real honor to do that. And you can see him kind of puffing up a little bit. And I said, yeah, because I've never refereed a midget match before. <laughs> you know, that me saying that to him got around the country faster than you can blink your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I take it his response was not necessarily one of kindness <laughs> happy. The, the, the thing about Mike though well, he was a great worker yeah I mean, he really was, was phenomenal work it wasn't you know it wasn't uh, look because because dad um, because his dad had the territory obviously that's a that's a pretty strong in but he um, yeah he was a good hand in the ring period do you think do you I, think the f- I, I, needed, I just needed to bust his uh you know, bust his huevos a little bit. Of course, of course. Do you think that having uh, his father, you know, be the promoter and the booker, do you think that that actually made him work a little bit harder because he felt like maybe he had something to prove that he wasn't just there because his dad was Eddie Graham? I think that's true for most of the guys who have come up into the business through their dads and you know, other relatives who have been in the business. You, you always have to, you always, if, if you're worth your weight in anything, you've got to prove yourself out. You don't want to live off the name of, your, your father or your brother or anybody else. Yeah. Did you feel that way as well? Yeah. I just, <laughs> I enjoy being in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a different, in so many different ways. I'm a, and I'm, I'm an unusual breed. I've done a lot of different things and wrestling was not my, you know, wrestling was not my core focus in life, but I did it and I enjoyed the, crap out of it and i made a few bucks at it and i had some you know, i had some good matches i had some matches at crap and i just had a phenomenal time and and in the process uh was part and parcel to training a, a serious number of guys alongside of my dad and my brother who went on to, to have great careers so which was kind of nice as well yeah, absolutely. I'd love to talk about a couple of those names, but b- before I get there, um, uh, I, I want to pivot over to Japan uh, real quick because obviously there was quite a bit of time in your career that was spent in Japan. And I know that when, you, I believe anyway, when you first went to Japan, um, that you worked for the UWF, uh, which at the time was, was sort of trying to do uh, kind of shoot style wrestling. Um, you had mentioned earlier with like the submission wrestling with 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 Carl Gotch and that sort of stuff. Did um, How prepared did you feel to uh, get in the ring with those guys knowing that they wanted to present something that looked extremely authentic. Um, that might've been a little stiffer than some of the other stuff that was out there. That was a little bit more focused on those submission holds and strikes. And did you find that something that you felt comfortable with? Did it feel natural to you or was it something that you had to adjust to a bit? So first of all, nobody's more stiff than Stan Hansen, who, <laughs> who is, is one of my best friends in business. Um, I look, I felt I felt very comfortable. I had been training. I had been training with Carl at that point in time by, you know, by when I, by the time that I went over to Japan for my first, you know, for my first uh, foray into the world of professional wrestling shoot style uh, for U, UWFI at the time, UWF, um, I felt really at ease on a mat. And I felt good with the guys that were there because they were also protégés, um, at least, you know, enough of Carl's protégés to be comfortable as well. And uh, I was on the mat with great people. I mean, I was on the mat with, you know, Satoru Sayama, Tiger Mask. Um, not too many guys. Not, not too many guys could hold up to could hold up to him in a ring back in the day. Yeah, I mean, names like his and Fujiwara and and Takada. I mean, some of these guys, you know, obviously, like I, 
Yeah. When you think of that kind of wrestling, those are the names that immediately sort of pop into your head, especially, I mean, if you're familiar, obviously with, with Japan, um, when you were over, I mean, obviously you felt very prepared. Were you learning things at the same time? Were there, when you're in the ring with those guys, were there things that you were picking up on and be like, Oh, this is, this is different. This is new. I can do this or, or try this. Or did you just feel at that point that you were kind of so dialed in that it just made sense to keep doing what you were doing and it worked well with what they were doing? So if you ever think you're dialed in and you can't learn something or there's something out there for you not to pick up on, then you might as well just climb in a casket and call it quits. I mean, I, <laughs> I learn every day. If it's not wrestling, it's something else. Yeah. Um, I, I felt, I felt very competent on a mat when I went there. I felt very competent in the ring when I went there, but that's not to say that I didn't experience guys who did something a little bit different. I go, Oh, that's pretty neat. I always tell people that, you know, some of the, some of the stuff that I pulled off of, I saw the, you know, the women's Japanese wrestlers mm. do that. Holy cow, that's pretty neat. And, you know, you give that a shot. It's just like being in the gym. You look around, you see somebody doing something interesting, you try it out. If it seems to work for you, you, you know, you integrate that into your routine. If not, you throw that off and you keep looking. I, Carl was a big proponent of if you stop learning, you die. If there's somebody you think you can't learn from, you might as well call it quits. Pretty, pretty straightforward philosophy. Absolutely. No, I, I mean, I really appreciate that. And I completely agree. I think it's important to always, always keep learning um, in any of those situations. Is, is there someone in particular in those early days, you know, before all Japan, for instance, um, that stood out to you as being someone that you just loved being in the ring with, you know, more than, than some of the other folks that you were in the ring with in UWFI? Um, I mean, before I got to Japan, were there people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, were, there were a couple of guys. Bob Cook was a phenomenal hand when I had the opportunity to work against him. Uh, there were, um, I had matches, I had matches against guys who were local guys. You know, we, we had independent runs here in Tampa, you know, here in the Florida area. And we had some really good hands that, you know, there was a guy by the name of Jim Savage. He was just a phenomenal guy on the ring. I enjoyed working against him. We, we had a we had a barn burn in the Bahamas one time, one of my best matches ever. It just it clicked. So yeah. I mean I've I've had a ton of guys that I respect. I've had a ton of guys that I thought were stellar in the ring and taught me something or at least matched up with me well. Very few, very few times have I ever climbed in the ring when, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I here. Even uh, when Stan would just beat the crap. Even when Stan would just beat the crap out of me, I'd be like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you know, speaking about, you, you mentioned the Bahamas real quick, and I just want to pivot there because uh, there was a great book recently released by Ian Douglas about uh, the Bahamas as a territory, Bahamian Nights. And I'm curious as to, yep. for, for you, what was what was different about working the Bahamas compared to, say, working, you know, in, in Tampa or Florida, other parts of Florida? Um, did it feel different uh, when you were down there? In the ring, no. I mean, in the ring, it's the same. You put a ring up anywhere, it's the same. Sure. <laughs> you know, the crowd, I'm outside, so I got bugs jumping up on me every once in a while. Um, I, when you're in different places, the crowd reacts differently. The first time I ever went to Japan, I thought they were sitting on their hands, and I realized, no, they're just, they're just you know, they're engaged. Yeah. Um, they're, well, they're watching you, as opposed to, you know, everybody went up, everybody went to the to the um, stand to get hot dogs. So 
you know, no matter where you're at, if you have a good match, you have a good match. It's not, but, but, you know, when you have to spend some time there, yeah, culturally, every place is different. The Bahamas, Bahamas was always a funny place to me because it depends so much on tourism. It always has, but in some instances down in Bahamas, it was like, man, they didn't really want you around, mm-hmm. but they, but they loved. We actually, we uh, actually it, got caught. We actually got caught in Nassau one time because the plane, we missed the plane. We ended up having to sleep into a hotel room where they weren't supposed to be in. And we had police knocking on the door and we ended up <laughs> laying all night in the casino. And yeah, we had great times there. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 yeah. It sounds like a fascinating place in general for, for wrestling. And, and, you know, Ian's book in particular is, is, is really good. Um, but uh, uh, moving back to Japan, you, you know, and, and and kind of talking about the the crowds being different and some of the cultural differences and that sort of stuff. But the ring, you, you know, that being the same kind of thing. Um, when you made the the transition from working like at the UWF to then working for All Japan, working for Baba, um, were there? Did it feel different at all as far as the way that the companies were run or organized? Um, I mean, obviously the talent's going to be a little bit different that you're working with. Um, or, or or was it to you, was there always just this feeling of kind of like, I'm just here to go to work and I'm I'm going to get in the ring. I'm going to wrestle. I love yeah. wrestling. And that's that. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, whether or not, the, you know, whether or not the, the mechanics of pulling a match together or, you know, pulling a, you know, pulling matches together and setting up at a venue or doing whatever and, you know, all that's immaterial to you as a, as one of the, as one of the pros, because you're, you're expected to show up, you show up prepared to do your best in the ring and it doesn't really matter where you are or who's out there. Yeah. And if it, you know, if it comes off well, it comes off well again, and it could be for any crowd anywhere, or you can have a stinker anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, preference always, my preference was to always have a good match. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, I've been, I've been watching some of your stuff uh, this past week and, you know, refreshing my memory on a couple of matches and then watching some stuff that I'd never seen before um, in, in preparation for this. And, uh, you know, I'm curious when it comes to communicating in the ring, obviously there's a language barrier. So much of what you do with that mat, you know, with the mat based style, it feels so real and authentic that it almost kind of seems like there's probably not a lot of communication that you're just in there kind of just working holds and you're actually, but when it comes to communicating and, and, and being able to, to have that kind of rapport, how, you know, was there a learning curve for you with the language barrier or is there just kind of a certain universal language? It's no problem. Universal language of wrestling. <laughs> if you, if you, or you know, semi pseudo advanced on a mat, and you get in there with another guy who's the same. You just it's no different than if you're in an amateur event. It's no different than if you're you know at the at an international or Olympic. Le- I mean, you're you know, you just have a sense of what comes next based on who you're working against, who you're wrestling against. It just it just flows. If it doesn't, it's because somebody's not quite right there. Yeah. You know, it, so I, I hesitate to say this, but it's the first thing that popped in my mind. One of the matches that I watched was yeah, you and your brother taking on the British Bulldogs uh, in all Japan in 1989. And one of the things that's kind of fascinating about that match is that there are moments in the match that that feel like uh, maybe they're not quite there, you, you know, but the but the moments that stood out to me the most that felt that they flowed so perfectly well are the times when you and, and Dynamite Kid were in the ring together. Um 
you're working with those guys. Obviously, there's there's a little bit of a different style dynamic. I think um, um, you, you know with the Bulldogs and kind of with their their British backgrounds, and then you know sort of the WWF background as well, and being a little bit you know flashier in certain instances. Dynamite, obviously you know, he was a bit of a different breed, I think even from, from Davy boy, uh, oh, but even, even body type, right? Like, I mean, we're talking about big, you know, muscly guys uh, and, 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 you know, you and Dean, while, you know, not, not cutting an imposing figure, we're certainly, you know, smaller guys compared to they were. Um, what do you think accounts? Hey, muscle? <laughs> well, no, I know. I, that's what I'm saying. You, 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 you you're definitely an imposing guy, but <laughs> But but standing next to like you know a, a 260 Davy boy, it's it's a little bit of a different yeah, was, you know you cut a little bit of a different uh, silhouette. Thick. Thick. Yeah. <laughs> so so when you're working but that it, type, sorry, go ahead. It 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 doesn't matter. It did it didn't matter. And it doesn't matter. I mean, I I I legitimately I legitimately shoot fought against Glenn Jacobs in 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 our school. Mm. You know, I mean, I'm. I'm five. You know, I was five ten. Now gravity has taken hold because I'm older. Um, but again, I'm buck buck seventy five, buck eighty five, maybe at the time. Glenn was what six six three three oh five. It just you're either an accomplished guy and you make you make the best of what you know how to do, or you don't, and somebody eats you alive. Or well, you have a. Or in the case of pro style, you have a shit match. Or, <laughs> Well, but, you know, here's a match that was not a shit match. And I think that it, it's a testament to exactly what you're talking about is that I saw another match with you and your brother taking on um, Terry Gordy and uh, Dr. That's Steve Williams. Again, two bigger guys. And yet what you brought to the ring, what you and your brother brought to the ring, it never felt like I was watching a match where you were outclassed or outmatched. You know, I, I, I believed that you guys had a chance against these two. Um, and, and I think that that's not something that the wrestling business in general has always allowed to happen. If you will, usually if you've got a guy who's six foot four, 300 pounds in the ring against a guy who's, you know, five ten, you know, two fifteen, two twenty, you kind of know what you're going to get now, not all the time, obviously, but did you ever feel like there were hurdles, you know, for you to overcome as far as size? And you mentioned size earlier, or did you just, again, it was just about getting in there and, and doing the job. It was always about getting in there and doing the job. I've never, I've never been one to worry about other people. I'm not, I've not ever been a really jealous guy. Um, because I've always had my piece of the world and I've been, you know, I've been blessed to be able to do a lot of different things. So I just, I just hang on to those blessings. I, you know, just being in Japan and having the opportunity to work there and being part of the regular crowd, you know, a mid card, regular guy, sometimes lower. It doesn't matter. I mean, where you are on the card doesn't matter. You just flip it upside down. If you have to, <laughs> um, I just, I just wanted to get out. I want, I wanted to be on the road with the boys because it was just fun at times. Um, it was hard being away from family, but it was fun. And then, um, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to have good matches and I wanted afterwards for people to look at me and go, okay, you know, you, you worked your ass off way to go. Yeah. It have to be, it didn't even have to be a stellar match as long as the guys that I cared about were looking at me going, you know, that guy busts his ass in the ring. 
I mean, I, I think that that's absolutely true. And one of the things that I kept coming back to as I was watching these matches this past week and even this morning is that, you know, the 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 work has definitely stood the test of time. And even going back to some of the work I was talking about earlier with you and Dynamite, you, you know, there are moments in that match, again, when the two of you are in the ring, that it, it just feels like such a clinic, for lack of a better word. I mean, you, you, you know, the, the the work that's being done, the the holds, the, you know, focusing on the legs, you know, et cetera. There's, there's just so much good stuff uh, happening in, in, in those matches. Um, at what point did you start to kind of feel like, uh, or, or did you ever start to feel like when you were in the ring with other guys uh, who might've been younger or just coming up um, that you could spot somebody who, who was going to, who was going to be good, who was going to be really, really good. I don't know if it came at a point. I think I always, I always had a decent sense of the business and who I witnessed as, as having something that was pretty special. I mean, when, so when I was a kid, Bob Orton Jr., um, Randy's dad came to live with us Mm. and he did so, he did so sort of against his dad's Bob senior, who was one of my dad's best friends, um, did so sort of against his dad's will because his dad really wanted him to continue his education and, not necessarily get in the business, but you know, Bobby came to Florida. We would go up into my dad's gym. We'd stand up in front of the mirror and we'd go through stuff and just kind of, you know, practice how things looked. And, um, he, he was just, the minute you laid eyes on him going through, you just knew that he was going to be a formidable, a formidable worker yeah. that he just had that timing piece. I mean, because it's everything else, everything else you can teach, the timing piece has got to kind of take hold on its own. Either you have it or you don't. You may be able to build it over years. There's a lot of guys who work for 20 years and never really have that timing down pat to where they can, you know, they, they have that match. Um, but the minute you saw Bobby, you just knew, boy, he, he was he was good. And yeah. Dick Slater was another guy. Dickie, when Dickie started in the business, Bobby and Dickie at about the same time in Florida, you just looked at two guys and you said, wow, these guys – you know, they're going to have help. They're going to have great careers. And sure enough, they did. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's something it's, it's almost become cliche. Cause you do, you hear that about, you know, Bob Orton jr. A lot. You hear it about Randy as well, about the fact that like, they just, it just always is so natural. Well, that, looks so effortless. Yeah. yeah. That whole family just, just has that genetic predisposition <laughs> to be, you know, to being very competent in the ring. I mean, even Barry, you know, Barry Owen his day got, mm-hmm. got rest his song. Um, uh, so I'm curious, I wanted to ask a couple more questions about Japan, um, stepping away kind of just from wrestling, for instance, you know, you mentioned having a good time and uh, with, with the guys and, you know, enjoying, you know, the company in spite of being away from family. What are some of your favorite memories about being in Japan that don't have to do with wrestling? Um, you know, were there, were there certain places that you, that you just love to to visit or see, or, you know, there are certain, um, things that like to this day, if you went back to Japan, it's like, I, I got to go back there. I got to do this. Or would you just look for new things to do? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I'm happy just, I'm happy just being in Tokyo and seeing old friends and, you know, experiencing a few different areas of the town that I've seen before, you know, the city, cause it's just, it's sprawling. Um, yeah, you know, when we would when we would drive along the coast and you'd see Mount Fuji in the distance, that was always just and, and I never went there. So I might I might want to go to you know I might, I might want to go to Mount Fuji if I had ever ha- if I ever have that experience again. In fact, I'm talking about trying to get back over there again, maybe to do a couple of um, seminars if if at all possible, and do something for Carl because his anniversary of his death is coming up. 
Mm. Um, but we just, we just had amazing time. You know, one day, so one day my brother and I in a hotel in a little hotel, um, uh, workout room and I'm sitting on a bike, I'm doing the bike and there's a guy next to me on the bike. My brother looks at me and goes, you know who that is? No, kind of a, you know, kind of a smaller frame, curly haired guy, dark hair. And it turned out to be, um, um, John Oates, John Oates. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so, so, we, so we started talking and you know, he's like, so what are you guys, what are you guys doing? Well, we're here wrestling. Are you, are you around this evening? Um, well, we're, you know, we're wrestling. We've, we've got matches going on. He goes, well, if you get a chance, he goes, I'll, I'll get some tickets for you. Come on, come on over, watch the show, visit us, come on back, say hi. And so, uh, we did that. Um, but the funniest thing was we get back to the room, I'm sitting in the room and all of a sudden the phone rings and it's downstairs and they say, you know, we've got something about some tickets or something like that. Well, it was, it was actually, it was actually him who was calling me saying I got tickets for the show and they're set up and will call. So feel free to come. So we went and we experienced that. We went backstage. It was phenomenal. We had a great time. And that's not the, you know, it's not the name drop or to throw around. Hey, we were sure. you know, hanging with top rock guys, but where, where do you get a chance to do that? Right. Uh, the, the, you know, the Japan thing was really neat because we'd be in these big venues like the Budokan and stuff. And, you know, that's where a lot of the, that's where a lot of the other acts were. So you'd run into people, you get to meet some interesting folks from around the world. And obviously you get to meet some phenomenal musicians. Um, yeah. Um, you know, you've mentioned, you, you mentioned Carl Gotch a couple of times. I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, especially because it's not a name that's come up in, in, in a lot of conversation, unfortunately, with some of the other guests that we've we've had on our cons over the past few years. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what Carl was like? And, and, and you already mentioned, obviously, some of the things you learned from him, but just, you know, what, what he was like and and what it was like, you know, being in, in a ring with him or training with him. You don't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you, you know, if you want to, if you want to cut to the quick, um, like all of us, he was a complicated man. He, you know, he had a whole bunch of different sides to him, but he was, you know, if you had to, if you had to pinpoint one thing, he was probably the most honorable guy you'll ever meet. It was all about telling the truth. If you were, you know, if you were a liar, you're a thief. If you're a thief, you're a murderer. So he didn't lie. And he especially didn't lie to Carl and he didn't lie to you. Um, he was a very honorable guy, but he was a, he was a tough man. He had a way of looking at the world and it was his way. Um, he was awkward in social situations, but he was the king of the mat when he was on the mat with whoever he was on the mat with. <laughs> and um, just a very formidable competitor. He went, you know, he he was in a Nazi work camp. He, you know, people think he was in a concentration camp. He was in a work camp, which was no, not much better. He wasn't at the Ritz-Carlton. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he experienced some really tough times while he was in the camp. And then afterwards, he had to go to the Olympics. And, yeah, he always said that if he hadn't gone through the camp and he had sufficient training time and this wasn't him making excuses because he never made excuses it was a statement of fact if he if he had been in shape and not had the the drain against his body and just everything that he was before he went to the olympics who knows you know he, he yeah. might have medal could have won so you know and he trained you know, he trained he trained an olympic silver medalist he trained a, a guy who took actually two brothers jeff and jeff and joseph mewis um and one of them one of them took silver in the Olympics against uh, against uh, Japanese wrestler Sasahara, and then the other one took gold in the world. So he had a you know he had a history of training on the legit wrestling side. But then you know when he came over, when he made his way through Wigan and he learned submission, and then eventually he made his way to Japan because he didn't get along the states real well because he was a tough guy to deal with. 
Um, he became the god of wrestling and he changed the face of Japanese wrestling. And what people don't know is he truly was a, a maybe he wasn't the pioneer, but he was damn close to the pioneer of mixed martial arts. Mm. Yeah. And it, and it all stemmed from his time in Japan and working with the Japanese at the time, you know, Sakuraba, Kenzo Sakuraba, um, who later became known as the Gracie killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, people who came out of Pancrase, which is an organization that all came from Carl's efforts and was actually named by Carl, you know, they put out a half a dozen UFC hall of famers and champions. So amazing guy. And, um, he was like a second dad. I mean, I, I loved him. Yeah. Tell me all the time. He goes, you, you know, you're his son. Well, not really. Cause I got my own dad, but he's a <laughs> of him. Well, um, uh, thank you very much for, for sharing that with us because you know, unfortunately I feel like other than a few things, you know, in a book here or there about new Japan, for instance, or uh, what you might read on the internet. Um, he's not necessarily somebody that, uh, I feel like we here in the States hear enough about, especially when, uh, it, it comes to his, you know, his influence. Um, you know, I think that anybody who knows anything about Japan, obviously they've heard of him being called, you know, the God of wrestling and, and his influence in there in particular. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think what you were saying too, about his bringing in that sort of that mixed martial arts uh, uh, to, to professional wrestling in Japan and the way that Inoki, especially, I think, you know, kind of took that and ran with it uh, for better or for worse at certain times um, is a testament to his, to his influence, uh, you know, on, on Japanese wrestling in particular. Um, Does it, does it bother you uh, at all that that he is not necessarily more well known or more revered here in the states? Um, hang on a second, I just kind of lost here. No, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, you know, I have my fondness for who he was and what he meant to me, and I'm okay with that. Um, you know, would I like? Yeah, I've 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 been I've participated in some efforts to try and get his name out a little bit better. Obviously, one of the things I did was I took part, some of his ashes onto Japan and we did a big ceremony. Inoki was phenomenal in helping to set that up. Uh, got my name of uh, Osamu Nishimura was phenomenal in helping to set that up. Um, so we did a big ceremony that brought a lot of recognition to Carl to a new to a new wave of people in Japan and it kind of added to his recognition. It's still it's in a it's in a Buddhist cemetery and people still come by and pay homage and you know drop off cigars and bottles of wine all the time. Mm. So um you know I've did I've done my piece as best as I could to kind of keep his name alive because he was he was he was someone special and he was that important. And, and the people you know the people who knew how special he was are the people who really count. You know the Gene LaBelles of the world would have told you that Carl was the man. In fact, you did. Yeah. No, that's, I, I love that perspective. I really do. I appreciate that. Um, so, go nuts. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, as much as I would, I would, I would love to keep picking your brain. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead in the interest of time and, and, and move on to a couple other topics real quick. Uh, and I, you know, I asked you earlier, we, we, you, I, I want to ask you about some of the people that you train, but before I get there, you tagged in a match with Kenta Kobashi pretty early on in, in Kobashi's career and run in all Japan pro wrestling. And I had mentioned earlier about kind of like spotting talent. Did you did you see in him and 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 think like you know wow this 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 kid is going to be 
you know, the next, the next step, the next evolution here in, in all Japan. Um, or, or, uh, you know, was it just kind of like, oh, this is a fun guy to wrestle with? No, I knew it was going to be something. Yeah. And I, it was going to be something because I don't know if you guys are aware, but we did the, uh, we did, <laughs> it was kind of funny because we did the Malenko school of wrestling in Honolulu. Okay. Um, and it was really, it was really just, I think we were there for a week, maybe we were there for a little bit longer or something, but every day we would go and we would work out. Baba was there for a while. I don't know if he was there the whole time, but my brother and I would go train. Um, we were there effectively to train Kobashi and to mm. train Kaku time, who was another, you know, was another talented guy in Japan. Yeah. Um, he was like the Timex of guys who keep take a licking and keep on taking. <laughs> there was a match where he was he was literally brutalized by the Fantastics. It was Kikuchi and myself against Fantastics, and um, yeah, I thought he I thought he I thought he was dead like two or three times during the match because yeah, <laughs> uh, Kobashi, Kobashi really came into his own. I knew he was I knew he was going to be a formidable guy on the card and sure enough he became a formidable guy on the card i mean yeah. i i used to work i worked out with him you know i would i would work out with him before the matches and get out there and we'd we'd legitimately you know we'd go at it and you know, i'd show him a few things here and there and that's why that's why i think baba brought us to japan to spend some de- brought us to hawaii to spend some dedicated time with him and of course you know there was a press associated with that sure well, um, you know, mentioning Baba, uh, what was it like working for him? Uh, and, and, you know, uh, how he obviously, how he used you guys. And now, I mean, I, I was unaware of this, uh, about, you know, with the, the training Kobashi and stuff like that. And so I'm just curious, it seems like he, he had a great deal of faith in you, uh, to do something like that. Cause I think that he obviously knew that Kobashi was going to be something special at that time and, and to, you know, have you be a part of bringing him along. So I'm curious as to, you know, what your relationship was like with him, um, and what it was like working for him. I mean, you know, Bob and I, Bob and I weren't buddy, buddy. We weren't, you know, we weren't sure. tight friends, better. He had, he had better and closer relationships with the top talent of the day, you know, the, the stands and the, the, ab, the abbeys, Abdullah and what have you. Um, but you know, he was always, he was always very cordial with me. I have a couple of Baba stories and I won't tell him because I've told him a dozen times, but effectively, um, yeah, he, he, he took care of me well, um, for, for what I expected out of Japan and what I had, had the opportunity to do there. Uh, he just took, took me and handled me well. The great thing about Japan was you were, t- you know, you were told you got a guarantee. You get over there, you got your guarantee. Nobody sniffed you. <laughs> nobody, nobody told you that we didn't have great houses. Um, just an honorable group of guys and easy to deal with. And, and, you know, the nice thing too was I, I just loved being in the ring before the matches. So you had a chance to go out there and, you know, work out for half an hour, 45 minutes before the matches ever started. Um, so he, you know, he, he gave us an environment where it was conducive to guys like myself staying in shape, working out, having good matches in great cities and getting paid what the fair wage was and never being concerned that you were going to not get what you were promised. I, every time I was paid at the end of the tour, they would hand me a, you know, they would hand me a little uh, envelope full of money and they say, you know, you count. And I'd say, no, I'm good. And I never <laughs> counted. I, and I went in and out of there for years and multiple times and I was never missing a buck. Yeah. So that, that in itself shows the honor of a man because, you know, you're over there, you're over there at his mercy. He could have played games if he wanted to. 
Sure, sure. Well, I mean, you, know, you mentioned obviously like Carl being an honorable man. I mean, you get the, the the strong sense that you know that Baba was 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 similar in that respect. As far as he was not gonna, he he wasn't gonna stiff anybody. He was, you know, he was always gonna try and do oh. what was best. Um, yeah. As far as being a Booker, and, and and I know that you weren't necessarily around during this the the, the time when things got their hottest, but. Um, what do you think made Baba so attuned to the fact that things had to kind of keep changing and growing and moving forward? Because I think that's one of the things he did so well throughout the nineties is he knew that like, you know, Jumbo wasn't always going to be able to be on top. So then Misawa came along. He knew Misawa wasn't always going to be on top. So Kabashi came along. So what do you think what it was about Baba that made him recognize that as opposed to just trying to stick with one, you know, one guy or one thing? And who knows what it really is? Who who knows what makes the Vince McMahons of the world? <laughs> I mean, that's why they are who they are. That's why not everybody is capable of grabbing a promotion and making it into something special. We, you know, it's that, it's that magic dust, right? Yeah. I mean, there are, you know, there are basic, there are basic tenets and doctrines of running a business, you know, basic, um, you know, basic constructs that they operate within, but just short of that kind of having your finger on the pulse of what's going on and then playing to that and then having that foresight to look, down the road a little bit and go, you know, this isn't going to last for long. And I see trends going this way and you know, just being in tune. It's not necessarily being, you know, it's not less necessarily a book, uh, book reading generated kind of um, attribute. It, it just, it, you either have that stuff or you don't, you know, you can say anything, you know, I've heard so much about this man over the last few decades. <laughs> can't argue guy who's literally been a genius at the top of this field for so very long. Say whatever else you want. It's just sour milk to me. Yeah, I know. I mean, there's, there's definitely, I mean, there's obviously truth to, to that. I mean, there's a reason why uh, the success has existed, um, yep. you know, and for, even, for him and for even, others. And even the people, and I love to use the word poo-poo because it just makes me giggle. Um, <laughs> even the word poo-poo, the things that, you know, the, WWF does or WWE. Ooh, that's a, um, <laughs> yeah. If those people, you know, the naysayers, why are they naysaying? Cause they're freaking watching. Cause they're aware. Cause they're still buying tickets. It makes me laugh. Sure. <laughs> it's well, you know, everybody's a critic, right? It's a, we sometimes. Oh, yeah. Monday morning quarterbacks. Right, right, right. We it, it's it's a strange thing the way that sometimes people tear down the things that they love. Um, so I, you know, I, I again, I had another question about Japan that I wanted to ask. So I want to get to it right now. But you were, of course, the junior heavyweight champion over in all Japan uh, for a time, and it, it's funny to me, uh, or interesting to me rather, that in both cases, uh, you you won the belt uh, initially from Masanobu Fuchi, and then you would, uh, during your second reign, lose the belt to him, uh, which would be his longest reign. He held it for like a thousand days, I think, when you when you lost the belt to him that second time. Um, and 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 obviously he was kind of like the the torchbearer for that division in all Japan. Um, and, and seeing your work with him, uh, I actually watched a match that you had with him earlier this morning. Um, you mentioned about Japan, you know, the crowds being a little bit quieter and but be still being engaged. We've often heard people talk about the fact that with American audiences in particular, you know, listening to the crowd was the way that you knew what direction to maybe take a match without necessarily having that with a Japanese crowd, because they were a little bit quieter. 
how did you know when to, for lack of a better term, pull the trigger on certain spots or certain things? Because I think one of the things that stood out to me about this match is it was shorter. It was like less than 10 minutes long, I think. And yet it was, um, th- th- it definitely had some really high peaks. And, and, and by the time you got to the finish, like, you know, people were just right there for it. So I'm just curious as to maybe how you build that uh, when they might not necessarily be making as much noise as, a, as an American crowd. I don't, uh, I mean, again, it's that, it's that unknown. It's, it's the intuitiveness of, of a, of a worker who's been around for a while and just has a sense of the audience where he's at and you, you, you just sense things, you feel it. Um, or you don't, <laughs> and if you don't, you don't have a good. I, and, and the reason why, the reason why he got his belt back is he's a freaking Indian gipper. <laughs> Bastard. I, I talk to him. I don't talk to him to this day. I'm like, you gave me a belt and then you take a belt back. Then you give me a belt. You take, make up your damn mind. Fucci. Oh man. <laughs> Um, did you, uh, you know, you mentioned Kikuchi earlier and obviously he would go on to have uh, a couple of raids with that belt as well, as well as being involved in some really high profile, like tag team and six man tag matches that, that, you know, have been acclaimed for years. Hard. Yeah. Hard worker. Yeah. I, and like you said, I mean, as far as like kind of taking a beating, like he was someone that, you know, oftentimes, especially those big, you know, tag matches or six man matches, he would go in there and usually just, you know, be the one to take all the big moves and get beaten down and, 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 and not always necessarily get the, is, uh, uh, his chance to return the favor. But, um, it, it, what was, it, I mean, do you think it was just that, that, that he was just such a hard worker that that's what made him so good? Oh, 100%. They appreciate you know, the, the Japanese audience appreciates diligence mm-hmm. and, and putting in, you know, putting in your work. Um, I mean, face facts, Kikuchi could have been lousy. I would have still liked him because I just liked his name. Yeah, every <laughs> time I thought, Kuchi, 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 get it? Kuchi? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, do you... Uh, there's never really a good moment for silliness on a podcast, but no, there's yeah. always, as far as I'm concerned, there's always a good moment for silliness. Okay. Uh, it's just that everybody's muted. So you probably can't hear everybody else laughing. Um, so I, I do have a question that I want to ask from uh, one of our, our listeners uh, slash attendees here. Uh, TK, uh, he asked, who was your favorite opponent through the years? Did you have a favorite opponent? Someone that you just love being in the ring with? Nah, not one person. Yeah. Um, Cause they all had, you know, probably a dozen guys. I mean, and, and each one had its own flavor of the day and each one had something that I really enjoyed. I mean, I, you know, the first time I ever wrestled, um, Randy, uh, macho mm. had a good little match it was a TV match you know, up in the, you know, up in, um, um, Knoxville, um, dynamite. I always talk to the fact that, you know, the first time I, Dynamite is one of those few guys I looked across the ring at and went, hmm, that's dynamite. <laughs> but then he kind of had the same, and I don't mean this in a look how great I am kind of way, but then he had the, he kind of had the same respect for me because he knew about yeah. the whole, you know, he said some really nice things in his book when he wrote his book, I guess. Um, but, you know, I, there were a lot of guys that when I was in the ring with, I thought, I'm, you know, we're going to have a good match. With, with Undoubtedly, we're going to have a good match. Now, that even that goes against even that every once in a while falls through. I, re- I worked against Benoit in Australia and, um, uh, the match with that eh, was okay. Mm. It wasn't anything. 
We both we both got out of the ring. We both went back to the dressing room. We both looked at each other and went, huh, that was not great. <laughs> <laughs> and then we showered. I'm uh, not to get Okay. <laughs> well, maybe separate showers. Maybe not. <laughs> Either way. Uh, it's an interesting story. Um I identify as a person that showers by myself. <laughs> so I have a question here from Kurt Campbell. Uh, if light heavyweights were more recognized at, at that time in history in the States than they are now, uh, do you think that y- you would have been wrestling more um, than you did uh, career-wise, uh, especially in the United States? No. Yeah? Nope. I just I had too much other stuff going on. I mean, you guys probably know, but I'm a pharmacist. Yep. So I went to pharmacy school. I had my own pharmacy for a while. I was in with a group of docs. I've been in cancer care for a long time. I started, yeah, I started a lot of things in oncology pharmacy. Um, yeah, I've just, I've just had too much fullness in my life outside of the business. God forbid I had stayed in the business and only done that. <laughs> yep. Done well. I, I don't know if I could have even done as well as my brother because he just really adapted so well to so many guys. But I would have missed out. I would have missed out on so many other amazing parts of my life. Um, yeah. So I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't. Was it fun seeing what your brother did, especially during like the, you know, the, the mid to late nineties and all the stuff in WCW. I was in all of them, man. (laughs) He's just, he, he was just an amazing, no matter who he was in with, he was just an amazing catcher. He was an amazing guy to, you know, take whatever was dealt to him by a dozen guys who were also great. That was I, the best, one of the best matches ever. I mean, my brother and Benoit at ECW, their match. Yeah. Oh, holy crap. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and, you know, not to mention, of course, him and, and Eddie and, you know, the, the stuff that he did with Ray and the stuff they did with Ultimo. I mean, there's just, there's so much great stuff. And, and it, recently, you know, rewatching, um, kind of nitro or even just having it on the background uh i always stop to watch his matches because you all you know you're always going to get something good you know you just that that and he was such a uh, for lack of a better term he was such a workhorse uh you know that 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 you you wherever you put him on the card whoever you put him with you were you were bound to get something you know something good uh, you know whether it was five minutes or 20 minutes now he's paying the price for that yeah yeah how is he doing do you mind my asking He's, he's, you know, he's doing okay. He's just, he, you know, he battles, he battles his Parkinson's. He's made, you know, he's put that out there for the world to see. Yeah. Um, it's tough, man. It's, it's, you know, and it's attributed to a lot of, um, a lot of TBIs. Yeah. Mm. Um, you mentioned, uh, uh, I, I feel like I should ask you about this, but you mentioned the, the pharmaceutical stuff and the cancer care and oncology. Um, where did the, the passion for that come from? Do you know? I was always, uh, I was always a pseudo academician slash guy who enjoyed science. And I mean, I, I even taught, I taught high school, um, introductory physical science, IPS for a while, um, sophomore bio, tutored in math and sciences. So I wasn't just another pretty face guys. <laughs> well, we did have a commenter say that you were the better looking Malenko brother. So uh, you take that for what you will. No, without a doubt. <laughs> uh, so uh, Joe, I just want to thank you so very much before you go though. We do have a couple of quick things that we want to do. Um, 
But I do just want to take an opportunity to thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I, I genuinely would love to keep talking to you, asking more questions. Um, will you be in Waterloo this July? Yes, I will. They're act, they they're giving my dad they they had to come up with an award for my dad, but but they came up with one, and uh, so now he's like the trainer, um, the award for you know phenomenal trainer. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, so I'll be up there representing my dad and the Malenko clan and receiving the award on his behalf. That sounds great. Well, I look forward to seeing you there and uh, hopefully getting a chance to chat with you a little bit more. Um, however, before we go, uh, we did want to take a moment to announce uh, something special for this particular con for the Road to Galacticon. Todd, I believe you have something ready for us. Indeed, I do. So actually, I got two two uh, uh, pieces of art uh, ready to show. Uh, well, we'll get to the second one in a second. Okay, which one <laughs> would you want me to show first? Then? I think we uh, should do the uh, the con exclusive, don't you? Oh, well, actually, no, it's not the con exclusive. The first one here is going to be, uh, this is going to be in uh, Legends Prime coming up soon. Oh, excuse will be, me. Re- will be released at, uh, along, along uh, at the, the TNT Hall of Fame, uh, along with uh, the new TNT set that's coming out soon enough. But uh, here uh, is a very handsome man right here. <laughs> there is the Joe Malenko card for quarter two Legends Prime. Uh, looking very. Joe, Joe you're on, you're on mute though. Uh, uh, we can't hear you right now if you're talking. Oh, we can't hear him. But I think hopefully he likes. It. I know he likes this guy. Oh, there we go. I unmuted. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, we yeah, can hear you now. <laughs> yeah, obviously, I was on the gas then. <laughs> <laughs> Our artist, it's you know, it's his style. He brings out the musculature and the vascularity just a little bit more. So, <laughs> I could go, I could go in fifteen different directions right now, and your podcast would never be the same. So, <laughs> that's totally fine with us. You have a. Uh, you have you have represented me well, sir. Very good, very good. <laughs> um, and then, uh, of course, you mentioned your father receiving an award this year at the Tragos and Thez Hall of Fame. And so for our next announcement, um, we're super excited, very pleased to be able to share this artwork for your dad, Boris Malenko, which will be the first name announced for our uh, Tragos and Thez four set coming out this summer uh, at Galacticon at the Hall of Fame. That's awesome. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, we're really honored to have uh, both you and your dad uh, in our game. And yeah, hopefully this represents him well. So looking forward uh, to getting a copy of uh, this to you uh, in July up in Waterloo. Okay, um, is possibility to shoot me something prior? We, well, as soon as we get it, we'll make sure to get you, get you copies okay. of it. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. And I'll keep we- it myself. I won't out there on the world wide web <laughs> we, don't, we don't need bob cook uh spoiling anything more than, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you guys it means a lot i've always wanted to be a cartoon character well there you go and uh, we're, we're we're so thrilled we're, it really is an honor uh to to have both you and your father in the game and uh, i look forward to being able to share those physical copies with you in july but we'll certainly send over the uh email you the art so you can have that uh, in the meantime Awesome. I appreciate it. 
Absolutely. All right, everyone, you can unmute yourself. Let's give uh, Joe a big round of applause. Thank you for being here enthusiastically, and uh, and hopefully we'll be seeing him real soon in Waterloo. Thank you, Joe. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care, Joe. Thank you. Yeah, Joe was great. You know, Joe's Joe's somebody who yeah. clearly has an incredible amount of self awareness. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. See, yeah, absolutely. You know, you see it in the way that he talks about his career, the way that he talks about his brother, the way that he talks about the other people that he's worked with. Uh, the, there's a matter of factness in a very you know, direct manner that he has, and that self awareness bleeds over into a sense of humor as well, um, which is which is great. And 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 I really appreciated that. I appreciated the fact that um, there were times when I would ask a question and I would kind of feel like, well, I know the answer I'm going to get here, but I'm going to ask the question anyway because maybe there'll be something that that'll get us to the next thing. And usually there was, you know, and, and I think that that was the other thing that was great. Um, you know, he can, he, he can talk. So, uh, you know, I could ask a question and he would, and he would be able to spin it into more than maybe what I asked, which was great. So, um, it was wonderful. And it, again, it does, it continues to be a highlight of these virtual cons. The, the fact that we get to have, um, these legends around and, and, and talk to them and, and, and then also get to share it with everybody who might not have been able to be there, um, by way of uh, roll up. Yep. Absolutely. And we'll have to see what's going to happen with Galacticon. We know we'll have tons of legends around there. We'll, we'll see, uh, you know, who we have on the virtual, but I know at least if you're in person, you'll, you'll definitely get to interact with tons of them. Yeah. Sure. And maybe we can figure out a way to do like a panel or something, get a few people together. And... Maybe we can figure out something. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we can figure out something. Um, well, I, I, I'm obviously looking forward to that, but, uh, before we get there, we've got a lot more roll up to bring you and, um, looking forward, obviously to have a mic back in the room with us, the virtual room, if the zoom room. Um, but, uh, I think that about does it for us this week. We, we went a little bit longer than I thought, but you know, that's nothing new. Uh, so <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the interview. We hope you enjoyed the recap and overview of the road to Galacticon, the virtual con that took place this past Sunday, May the 7th. What a great time. Uh, loved hearing from everyone. And there's a lot of great stuff in store for you. Uh, teasers for the season will begin not too far in off, couple, right? In, in, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Probably it won't be until it won't be before Memorial Day. It'll be sometime after Memorial Day. So either that week or the week after. Okay. Uh, definitely, you know, through most of June into July. Yeah. Cause we, we still got some, some time. Oh, yeah. 72 but, days. Yeah, at least in, there you go. So we, wanted to give it, we wanted to give at least a preview at the con there. That was kind of the, the time we were able to, 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 to do the con. So you know, we want to get some some uh, early teasers out there. But uh, yeah, we're we're you know getting getting working on this stuff. You know, obviously the last set of stuff just kind of got out to everybody's hands. So uh, you know, the next, the next cycle just starts right up after that. But yeah. Uh, um yeah so we you know good good things set for galacticon i think we'll have lots of good things to announce uh what's going to happen in the second half of the year and uh should uh, should be an exciting time yes it should yes it should and uh, of course want to thank everyone who contributed to the charity auction there were some great items up for grabs during that auction including exclusive cards and uh, artwork and you know other other gems so uh that will obviously we raised what a little over 800 dollars. is that right yeah but a little over 800 yeah. at this time which is that's great yeah. yeah it is it's fantastic so uh we'll be able to obviously present that to uh um 
to Jerry in person this time, I think, because uh, obviously he couldn't so. make it last Please. time around, unfortunately, because of COVID. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, it, it'll be uh, well, well received and, and well used, I'm sure. So thank you to everyone that took part in the charity auction. Um, and we will be back soon um you know again we're not promising every week but uh we'll be back soon probably next week and uh we'll have some more good stuff for you uh talking about uh the game that we love and the sport that we also love so uh stay tuned and we'll let you know what's up next but in the meantime take care of yourselves take care of one another stay safe out there be kind to yourselves and promoters never forget always remember Roll responsibly.